Oh, hello there, and welcome to another episode of the 209 Till Infinity Podcast. CD Slap. Coming to you live from beautiful Series, California, home of the Infinity Studios. Get it, Savage. It's Monday morning, the pod is dropped. Cue up the new soap and the coffee pot. You know these cats got a lot to say. Savage O'Malley and Billy A. Yep. Hip hop life and movies too. Keeping up on the trends just like you. CD slaps hooked up with this funky beat. Oh, you know the boys, we love to eat. Grub it. It's all part of the show. We love to bring to your earbuds hell. We even sing. Mm-hmm. So sit back, relax, enjoy the show. And like Biggie said, now you know Do you need a break and escape just to ease your mind? Well look no further than your homies in the 209 Because it's time to lose all those blues that got you stressed out Give us one hour and you know we'll knock that mess out The best route is music, movies, laughter, and friends The conversation's starting, y'all jump on Come in on. And you know it won't stop, you know it don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, my friend The party don't stop, the party don't end That's why we call it 209 till infinity, friend. The party don't stop, the party don't end. Now let's let the episode begin. What up, what up, what up, and welcome to another episode of the two. Nine Till Infinity Podcast. As always, if you don't know by now, you better ask somebody. It's your boy, DJ Billy A. And across the way from me is my man, 50 Grand. Get up on your mic and tell him who you am, my friend. Apparently, I'm not telling you anything. Yeah. <laughs> you mad at me, dude? No, What's yeah, up? I'm very mad at you. Yeah, no, I hate uh, when that happens. What's uh, this awkward silence? There's yeah, a yeah, tension in the room. Well, here's the problem. I got six things going, levels, all these things. Yes. Normally, like, in a real world, like, they would, like, cut this out and professional. Yes, you know, for sure. Like, we don't make mistakes. Our shit is perfection. But we're not that kind. We, hey, we own it. Yeah. We make mistakes. So uh, don't have to do the full thing, but just... Uh, Bring me back in. Get up on your mic and tell them who you am, my friend. Bill's Day! Fuck yeah! (laughs) Bill's Day! Fuck yeah! He's the host of the show with me. If you want to talk about soap operas, then let it out. It's Bill's Day. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Fuck yeah. Well, I can tell you this. I, I don't want to talk about soap operas. I'm I'm uh, I'm honored that if I wanted to I could today since it's my day. Mm-hmm. But I, I uh, take a deep breath, take a sigh of relief. That ain't happening today. We won't be talking about soap operas. Aww. But uh, but I am honored that uh, that I was serenaded today for uh, for the birthday episode. That was uh, fuck yeah, dude. That was awesome. <laughs> so as you know, if you if you've been a, a, a fan of the show or or. Uh, know us are, are lucky enough blessed enough if you will to know us in person you know that uh, our uh, birthdays were both October babies yes um, 
Bill has the uh, unfortunate uh, consequence of being a Libra. I do. I'm luckily lucky enough to be a Scorpio. Got you. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's your birthday show. Bill is lucky enough to be a Libra. <laughs> Fuck yeah! And uh, <laughs> so, uh, what we're gonna do, just because of the way of the timing and the recording and everything, is yeah, is this week. It's Bill's birthday show. It is. That's and he, right. And, and, and whatever Bill wants to talk about, yeah. we're going to talk about. It yeah. doesn't matter. I'm just going to sit here and be pretty. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like Which that. Which is easy for me. Yeah. That ain't, that ain't work. You just you just wake up and that shit happens, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and then uh, as a, uh, that's the treat for this week. Yes. And yeah. the treat for next week uh-huh. is going to be my birthday show. Yeah. And we're going to talk about whatever the fuck I want to talk about. Fuck yeah! Fuck yeah! <laughs> I'll be that's and gonna Bill's be just gonna have to sit there day. and look pretty. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, uh, and then, the, yeah. So that's that'll take care of the birthday episodes, and then before you know it, yeah, we'll be rolling into the holidays. Yes, sir. We'll be rolling into a whole new season of Two Hundred Nine Till Infinity. We well, yeah, which actually, is crazy. This month, yeah, we hit season five. I forget the exact day of October. It's the end of October. Yeah, so we're 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 coming up on season five here very quickly. It, it's insane to me to think that uh, we're knocking on five years of doing this when it just feels like we planted the seed, started the idea. It just feels like yesterday. Time just flies so quickly. It, it's insane to me that we are now in season five of this podcast. Um, yeah, dude, getting old sucks because time just flies so much more quickly. I've said it. A, I think I've said it a million times on the show. As you get older and you have kids and you get a career, everything just seems to go in fast forward. So when you throw in kids, the wife, the career, and then you put in your extracurricular activities on top of that, it's just fucking insane to me that this is year five. Because mm-hmm. I can literally still physically remember shooting you that messenger message that said, yo, you know what would be a cool idea? We should record a podcast. And you were like, I think that's an amazing idea. That feels like last week to me, dude. Like that it's insane that that's going on five years ago. You, you sent me that message kind of half assery. Yeah. Because somebody at your old job was like, Oh, you should do a podcast or you you know, you talk about whatever and then you were like Hey, I was talking to my guy, da 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 and they're like, We should do a podcast and you like really weren't sure how I was going to be like, respond to it. Right. And I was like, all right, here's a link for some mics. We got this. You were like, all right, okay. I guess this is a great idea too. We're going. We're going. Yeah, it's just literally like, that just feels like a couple of months ago. Not going on five years. That just is absolutely mind-blowing to me. And that's what's insane. I just hit, and you know, I'm not ashamed to say it. I just hit 48 years old, man. I'm two years away from the half century mark. And the trippiest thing about getting old, man, is I can literally remember it wasn't that long ago. Like, I'm not talking about when I was like nine or 10 or eight. I can remember being in my early 20s and looking at someone that was in their 40s or 50s and going like, oh my God, dude is old as hell, man. Bill was like, hey, man, I just hit 48. And I was like, you sure you're still good to do this, man? Are you good? And he was like, do this all day. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. I can't. I can do this all day. So I was like, all right, man, that's just thing. I, yeah, I no, you. but it, it's funny that uh, 
what used to seem old once you hit that mark as you get older old keep keeps getting further and further away i'm i'm at the age now where i look at someone i've actually done this recently i'll look at someone and just assume they're older than me and somehow maybe in passing or in conversation their age comes up and i'll be blown the fuck away that they're younger than me when uh my son uh, was in the hospital for his infected tattoo when he had the blood infection. Correct. From his infected tattoo. The nurse came in and she was making a comment about tattoos and how she was thinking of getting one. Uh, but she was, you know, talking about how her age and she wasn't sure, but she did kind of want one. But she thought maybe she was too old. And I'm looking at her going, yeah, I think, you know, you might be. Maybe too late, you know. I'm looking at her, thinking to myself, "So this lady." At got that point, at that point, yeah. how old? If you were to guess, before you knew, I was thinking this young lady was in her uh, mid to early fifties. Okay. And she's like, you know, yeah, I want my first one. My daughter thinks I should. I'm 44. And I'm like, what the fuck? No way, dude! This lady's younger than I am, and I was literally looking at her. Like she was older than me, just automatically assuming by what maybe what her position was, is, her career, the way she spoke, the way she acted, that she was older than me. And I guess a lot of it has to do with attitude. I just don't feel 48. I can literally remember being like 21 or 22 and, and living in my first apartment with my first wife. And we started doing music. And one of the guys that also lived in the apartment, his name was Steve Crowley. And I think Steve Crowley was 29. And I remember thinking at 21, like, oh my God, dude, he's almost 30. Holy shit. Like that, like that blew my mind back then. Right. And I'm 21. I'm, I'm only like nine years from that, right? Like it's not, I'm not that far off. But now at 48, I'm not old. This isn't old. I'm not old. And it, partially that's probably denial. Partially it's about the way I feel, uh, how I carry myself. Maybe I think I think a lot of it has to do with attitude, but it blows my mind when I look at someone and I just automatically assume a lot of it may be their station in life or, or again, their attitude or how they act or how they speak. But a lot of times I'll just automatically assume they're older than I am. And a lot of times now they are not. I'm the old guy at my office. My supervisor is at least six years younger than I am. So, you know, I think getting a later start in life as far as career wise to um, having kids young and then not really rolling into what I was going to do for a career and get a grown up job until I was almost 40 mm -hmm. kind of changes that game a little bit, too. But, yeah, it, it, it blows my mind to think that I am two years away from 50. And if you would have told me, like, how do you think you'll feel? Like, if you'd asked 21-year-old Bill, how do you think you're going to feel at 50? I'd have been thinking, like, retirement, old age, senior citizenship. Like, like hang it up. You're done. I can remember um, being in a band in my 20s and going, like, all right, I got it. We got to do something with this band because at 30, I'm done. Like, you can't be doing this kind of music and doing this shit at 30 years old. Like, I literally thought that. I literally thought, like, I got to get something, make something happen here before I'm 30. This shit. Now here I am, 48 years old, still doing music. You got the I, Red Hot Chili Peppers in their 60s. You got the Rolling Stones still touring. Like, it's really your mind state, how you carry yourself and how you feel, I think, you know? I know. It's... 
So, so for me, and I, and I look at it like this, dude, is like, I, I think back, you know, when, when we talk about, I, I think that a couple things have changed in, uh-huh. in the, in the world, you know right. what I mean? Right. Like you kind of look at it, like take athletes, for example, right? Right. You can't compare Babe Ruth and Barry Bonds and people of this era because so much has changed as technology and yes. training and understanding and things like that. Right. Like, so like in the fifties and sixties, like. Once you hit like 40 or whatever, you were on your way down the hill. Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still forging up the hill. We're still doing things. You know what I mean? We still push, right? Yeah. And so I think that that's a huge part of what has changed too. Like the world has changed. The things are different. Like, you know, you can start over at 60. You can, you know, all these things. People you know? are living longer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and then a lot of that comes from, I'm sure, healthcare and, and advances in technology and things like that and what we've learned about our bodies and things like that. Right. Um, them not putting cocaine in Coca-Cola anymore, maybe. That probably <laughs> We were discussing that earlier, yes. Um, I don't know how long ago that was that there was actually cocaine in there, but boy, what a brilliant business model that was like man this coca-cola is just flying off the shelves people can't get enough of it like, yeah, it's our coke, secret man. ingredient you know yeah, like, coke man that should just be calling me yeah, yeah. okay Absolutely. coca-cola man yeah <laughs> yes you know uh but like so I, I think that's a huge part of it too and i remember when i was younger like 40 was just like oh my god that yeah, that's so old right over the hill yeah and, and and i think that the part of it too is is and we've talked about this you know over the years like i don't think that uh you know you or i look our age yeah i'll agree with that um yeah. I, I, thank god <laughs> I, I i am consistently thought to be in my early 30s yeah okay and i get that a lot and um the people who know me and know how old I'm is like, no, you look like you're 45. And I say, because you know how old I am. Right. So that changes your perspective, percep- perspective sure. and your perception. But people that don't know me, yeah. like they're blown away when I tell them how old I yeah. am. Yeah, I get that quite a bit when I tell people that, that when they go, how old are your kids? I'll say something about my kids. Oh, how old are your kids? And I'll go like, well, I got, you know, one out of high school, one out of college and one that's out of high school and working. I'm an empty nester. And they're like, what? Your kids are grown? And these are people that are the same age as I am that got like junior high schoolers right. and shit. And that's, again, that has to do with, uh, I, I truly believe somewhere along the line in society, we flipped the shit over and got it backwards. Like it used to be, you went to school, got your career, got got established, then got married and had kids. You weren't supposed to get married and have kids until you were able to properly support them. And somewhere along the lines, a switch flipped and now uh, as a society we uh get married much younger have kids much younger and then go oh shit and this is what i did it's the only reason i could say that i'm speaking out of experience and not everyone does this but a lot more people are doing it now you get married you have kids and then go oh shit i gotta be able to take care of all these people now what do i do what am i gonna do with myself and that that was me man At, at 21 i was married at 24 i was having kids and then here, you know, as they start getting older and becoming more independent, then I went, all right, what am I going to do with my life now? Now they're pretty good and settled in and doing their thing. What do I do now? Well, I was 38 before I started really trying to figure out what the fuck I was going to do with myself. And that had a lot to do with starting young. But you go back and watch those shows in the 50s, like Leave it to Beaver, right? Uh-huh. Mr. Mr. Cleaver, you know, looked like 
Beaver's grandfather. He didn't look like Beaver's dad, but that was very common back then because they did high school, they did college, they got the good job, got settled in, then went, okay, now I'm going to go find a woman, get the house and kids, I'm ready. So by the time your kid is, wow, 14, 15, you're 60. You know what I mean? Like, because you... And so I don't know. There's, there's. I think there's good and po- positive and negatives to be said for both sides. Like here I am, an empty nester, and I'm not even 50 years old. So now I can focus on myself. I could travel. I could do whatever I want while I'm still young enough. You know, I'm not like 70 trying to do that shit. And like, oh well, I might not li- live through this trip. You know, right. <laughs> who knows? So I, I, I can see both sides of it. But boy, there were some stressful times when the kids were sick or I was missing. Had to miss work, and then how are you gonna pay the rent? You know what i'm saying like it's it's uh there's positives and negatives to both sides and i, well, I guess there's not a right or wrong answer really to what you want to do officially on the record sir okay as my good friend f dot s no man F dot S snowman. Have we mentioned this person on the show before? Is this a new one? Uh, Frosty the snowman. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> I thought that's the worst nickname you've ever come uh, up with, Savage. Um, my, I don't know what F dot S snowman. Yeah, <laughs> Frosty the snowman. Okay, said, uh, got you. On the record. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> Happy birthday. <laughs> well, thank you, F to the S. I appreciate it. Hopefully he's listening and he's enjoying this episode. But yeah, man. I don't know if he's around no more because of this global warming and whatnot, you know what I mean? Yeah, so he yeah. might not. I don't even know, man. Yeah, it's October and yet we're still pushing 80, 90 degrees. It's I literally, it's, it's the middle of October Yeah. and I had to stop in the middle of the day doing yard work because it was just too hot. Yes, sir. And I'm like, dude, it is October 14th or 15th or whatever. It shouldn't, I shouldn't be sweating my ass off been like nope i'm done yeah and i went back out at like seven when it was like (laughs) cooled back down to like 74 but the sun wasn't on me yeah well i had it you know so i got some money for my birthday hey and uh so uh my parents gave me um some money and uh my in-laws gave me some money so i hit amazon and, and one of the things i've realized as i've gotten older with all the streaming technology, and we've probably talked about this before with the streaming of the music and the streaming of the movies, I'm a collector and I really miss the joy of the physical copy. And so I think I sent you some pictures. I realized that. I mean, are, your love language is physical touch. Physical touch. That whether that be from a beautiful woman like my wife or actually just having my hands on that vinyl. So it's so amazing that vinyls come back. Because that's given me a reason, again, to go to the record store. And we've already talked about this, so I'm not going to go any, any further. But I did get a record for my birthday. That was one of the things I got. But as much of a music fan as I am, I'm also a big movie fan. And I realized that now with all the, the streaming services and you, you're being able to download a movie and put it up into the cloud and watch it later on your phone or on the plane or wherever... Um, haven't really bought movies like I used to. I used to, you know, I've got hundreds of DVDs in a wallet just stashed away. I threw all the cases away. I used to have a bookshelf just full of fucking movies, hundreds and hundreds of movies. And I realized that a lot of the movies that I consider to be classics, the movies that I love, that I watch, that I pull out yearly or watch every couple of years, I never made the shift from regular DVD to high definition. Mm-hmm. 
And so now that I have, I started thinking about that. And now that I have um, a garage that's converted into a room and that's where my record player is and that's where I work out and I have a couch and that's where my Nintendo 64 is and I got a TV out there now. Uh, the next step is I decided I'm going to get not just not every movie that I have on DVD because back in the day I bought a lot of shit just because it was cheap. You know, I go through my movies and I have a lot of movies and I'm like, why the fuck did I buy that one? Ugh. You know, like... You know what I mean? I, don't I see. Talk about I that. see you looking at your shelf right now. But that's just what we did because Blockbuster. You know, if, if you watched it once and you liked it, and then Blockbuster sold it for three ninety nine, or buy five movies for ten dollars, you know, or whatever, because they're trying to clear out their shelves. You'd pick it up, and I've got. I realized I went through my DVDs literally, dude, and I have a movie that I probably watched when I bought it and have never watched since. It's been in that CD wallet for ten years and never been viewed. But there are certain movies I realized that I never made the the, the transfer over from st standard DVD to high definition that I love. And one of them was, I was telling you, I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. So mm -hmm. I went back and I got like Clerks, Mall Rats, Chasing Amy, uh, Jersey Girl, Clerks 2, uh, Zack and Mary Make a Porno. I love Kevin Smith. But um, one of the things I got that actually made me feel old was I got the Lord of the Rings 25th anniversary extended edition Blu-ray set. So this is all three of the Lord of the Rings movies, but each one is extended. So each one's like an hour longer. They throw in extra scenes, longer scenes, additional scenes. So these are three hour movies that are now each like four hour movies. So I put in the first one. I love these movies. I pull these movies out. It's probably like, we've talked about it before. One of my favorite trilogies of all time. But it took me back to another time. When was the last time you watched a movie and had to change the disc to finish the movie? Can you even remember ever doing that? I don't think I've ever done it in the DVD era. No. It was VHS. Back in the day, the longer VHS, it would be on two tapes. Like uh, Casino. Casino was like that. Godfather. Uh, Godfather was like that. Titanic. Titanic was that. Yes. So what? I could do this all day. You, you're good. I appreciate you being here, man. So what they did with this Lord of the Rings was they remastered it. They added in the additional scenes, and I guess it's very similar to a record. So you know how when you get an album, and it might only be 15 songs, but they spread it out over two records because the the, the less amount of music on each side makes the sound quality better. Well, I guess for the picture quality on this you get like an hour and a half of each movie. So I'm in the middle of this movie and it's right, it's about an hour and a half in and it's right to an intense scene and the screen just goes black. And I'm like, what the fuck, man? I just got this and it don't work. And then all of a sudden it pops up and says, hey, can, to continue the story, put in disc two. And I went, what? On a Blu-ray? Are you serious? Like, but yo, as somebody that's a fan of these movies, I know they're, they're not your jam, but as somebody that loves these movies, to get an hour more of the story is incredible. And it's like seeing it for the first time. I've never seen the picture. Like, high def is already incredible, but by spreading it out over two discs, the picture is just so crisp and so clean, and the sound is amazing. The remastering job is incredible. Like, and it blew my mind. But it tripped me out because I could just remember, uh, for one, I remember the two VHS tapes, but the other one, my buddy used to have uh, my buddy John Marcellus in Colorado. Uh, no, that's John Hatcher. I, I used to know this guy John Marcellus. So many Johns. He was in your grade. He was a year younger than me. 
Uh, went to Amador. John Hatcher? No, John Marcellus. His name was Marcellus. Uh, anyway, he, uh, yeah, you may not have known him, but uh, clearly, by the look on your face, the <laughs> you didn't know. It doesn't matter. He had a Laserdisc player. Like, his mom had owned, and, and he had a shit ton of movies on Laserdisc. And we'd go over to his house to watch a Laserdisc. And with Laserdisc, you got to turn it over like a record. Like, all of a sudden, it just stops. And you flip it and turn it over. That's probably the last time. I, that was in the 90s. That's probably the last time I physically remember stopping a movie and putting something in and changing it. But it was just a trip to do that for a DVD. Like Blu-ray. Blue, it's already outdated. Most people stream everything. So I'm already watching outdated physical content. And then to have to sw stop in the middle and sw swap it out was crazy. But I was glad I bought that because uh, my modem went out on my cable. Mm -hmm. So I'm not able, I wanted to watch Andor, the new Star Wars series. Mm -hmm. uh, I was going to do that yesterday because Amber's out of town all day and it was just me and the dog. I'm like, I'm going to watch Andor. I'm going to stream it and knock it out so we could talk about it this week. And uh, yesterday, yeah, Friday night, no cable, nothing. Can't connect my phone, can't connect my laptop. Call the call the 1-800 number and they're like, yeah, unplug it and plug it back in. I'm like, yeah, no shit, man. I did that. Like, okay, well, well, we're out of ideas, so somebody's going to have to come out and it's going to be Monday between noon and four. So I'm cable-less this weekend. I have right. no no streaming. So I was very thankful to have 12 hours of Lord of the Rings because that's pretty much starting Friday evening. I popped those in and just, you know, in between walking the dog and doing my laundry and and running to the gas station and running to the grocery store, I watched over from Friday until the end of yesterday, I watched all three of the uh, Lord of the Rings extended editions, which I said was like, they're like four hours a pop. So you're talking about over 12 hours of entertainment. So that, my friend, took up my time of not having cable. And uh, and uh, yeah, so the birthday gift came in handy. Very much so. I, I had a great time watching. The gift they kept giving. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, but I... Uh, Assuming you changed the disc. I did. I changed the disc on all of them, man, because they all hit it in tense moments where I was like, oh, shit. Oh, quick, quick, get the other disc out. But yeah. So I got that one, and I also got the Back to the Future trilogy, which I never made the shift to high definition. Um, and like I said, I got all the, uh, the, uh, the Kevin Smith stuff, but I'm still working on... I want to get The Matrix. I don't own The Matrix on high definition, and that movie was like made for high definition. Um, what's another one I don't own? Uh, Clifford Seven. Seven. Clifford Seven is. I don't own any of the Cliffords on high definition. That's the that's the one where they brought in the rock. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's got to be on high definition. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but Indiana Jones I don't own in high definition. Uh, the Matrix I don't own in high definition. I just want the first one. I don't need the rest of them. But the first one is an absolute classic. Die Hard. The original Die Hard I do not mm. own in high definition, and that that's a must, dude. Tombstone, one of my all-time favorite Western movies, just movies, period. I love that movie. I don't own that in high definition. So there are certain movies I'm going to get in high def, the ones that I just watch constantly. But this time, I'm not throwing the cases away. I'm going to have them out in my in my game room or in my man cave, whatever you want to call it, displayed. I'm going to keep them out, keep them in the cases, and uh, you know, be able to access them when I need them. But yeah, man, it's... Uh, it's, I like to collect. I like, like to CD have this. There it is. I yeah. Like, I like to have those stuff out. It's, a it's something to look at. It's just cool, man. It's, it's, you can't show somebody like, 
look at all my movies when hey, they're uploaded look at my into the CD book. Yeah. Or yeah, when they're uploaded into the cloud. Like, hold on, let me turn my TV and pull my cloud up and we'll scroll across. See those little square? That's the matrix right there. And if you keep going, that's Friday. Oh, Friday's another one I like to get. I never got that on high def. The original Friday would be amazing to have in high definition too. Tommy Boy would be another one, like the classics, like movies that I constantly watch over and over and over again. Mrs. Doubtfire would be another one. Like there's several Robin Williams. Hello. Yes, that was run by Fruiting Deer. Yeah, there's several Robin Williams movies that I would just love to own in high def. But uh, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's fun now. So now when I go to say the Mad Monk record store, not only am I looking for those out of print CDs or those hard to find vinyls, but now I'm, the goal is to try to find these Blu-rays at the cheapest price possible, right? And uh, and 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 try to build up that collection of those those ones that I watch all the time, like like on a regular basis. So yeah, man. But it was a good birthday. I had lasagna. My son took me out to breakfast. At my old stomping grounds where I used to work, Marlene and Glenn's, the diner where I worked for 18 years. So I got to catch up and see some people I haven't seen in a long time. Then my wife made my all-time, one of my all-time favorites. I'm Italian. She made me lasagna. So we had lasagna for dinner. And then How is Amber's lasagna? Phenomenal, my friend. Because she takes my mom's recipe, which is my grandmother's recipe on my dad's side. My grandmother's original last name was DeVito came over from Italy as a baby to America. So it's their old family recipe that my mom has taken and tweaked and done some things to, to, to put her own touch on it. Then she hands it down to Amber who has tweaked it and put her own touches in it. And man, it is fucking delicious. I could eat, I love Italian food and I absolutely love it. I ate lasagna that night for dinner for lunch the next day, for dinner the next day, then packed it in my lunch to work the next day, and then came home and ate it for dinner. Uh, and she made homemade garlic bread where she just bought the French loaf and put the butter and the garlic and the seasoning. It was friggin' delicious, dude. But, you know, you eat lasagna for a week straight and uh, you're in trouble. Yeah, <laughs> I ain't getting on a scale, man. It, it, it's uh, It's probably not good. That's the big problem with birthdays, man, is that you don't just celebrate a day. It's great that everybody wants to help you celebrate and enjoy it. But it's like, all right, so my son wanted to take me to breakfast. Then my wife wanted to cook me dinner. Then, uh, you know, somebody at the, the my, my supervisor at the office wants to take me to lunch. And then, oh, they got to sing me happy birthday and bring a cake. And then Amber on the actual day of my birthday wants me to take me to the taqueria. It's like, you can't just do it in a day. It's like you're celebrating for a month straight. You're like, hey, I'd completely forgotten. You're like, pick up birthday fritters. I was gonna eat apple fritters this morning. Completely forgot about that. But it's like, forget about the day. It's, it's like you celebrate for three weeks until everybody catches up with you. And you know, 40 pounds later, your birthday's over and then it's Christmas. So you're okay, you know, it's fuck it. Just go for it. <laughs> Put on the layers, baby, it don't matter. Uh, that's kind of the hard thing, right? Is that uh, everybody, like nobody's like, hey man, I got you a gift card. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's like your family or whatever. Yeah. Uh, or hey, I, I bought you, the, I know you've always wanted this hat. Or, you know, when you get older, they don't do that. No, no, no. It's, yeah. hey, let me buy you a beer. Yeah. Hey, let me, let, let's go to, let's go get food. Yeah. Right? So in the month of October, I'll eat out. 16 times <laughs> yep that's pretty much it man both my sons took me out to uh to one of my sons took me to dinner one of my sons took me to lunch my wife made dinner 
uh, and then and then took me to dinner as well. And like I said, my the, my supervisor in the office wants to take me to lunch. They already brought me a cake. It's just like yeah, it's 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 nonstop, man. And it's and it's fine. I I feel the love and I feel appreciated, and I appreciate the fact that people want to celebrate with me and 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 love me enough to want to do that with me and for me. But God damn it, man. I keep telling myself every day I'm starting to diet. And it's like between Amber's birthday, my birthday, and then we roll right into the, the holidays is here. It's, it's Halloween and Thanksgiving and then Christmas. It's, it's over at this point. I feel like just waving the white flag and just giving up at this point. Like I, I, It's like, really? I guess we'll just wait a few months because Amber and I are going to Mexico, too, at the end of this month. For our, We always take a trip usually in September or October because it's both of our birthdays and it's also our wedding anniversary. So... I'm like, well, fuck, I was trying to lose a little weight before going to Mexico. That didn't happen. And now I'm going to Mexico where as much as I love Italian food, what's my other favorite? Mexican food. Right. And what's my drink of choice when I'm there? A dirty monkey, which is basically just an adult milkshake. It's just ice, banana, chocolate syrup, and rum. And it's delicious, but it is literally just a milkshake. So I, it, 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 yeah, it's over. Like at this point, I'm just going to put up my hands. I'm going to give myself over to the fact that I'm just going to enjoy myself. I'm going to have a good time. I'm going to gain some weight. And then I got to come back and I got to put in work because it's at this point, it's too late now. Like we're, we leave in like a week and a half. So it's, it's not going to happen at this point. Like, here's the thing. And, and this is, and I'm not going to say who it was, but somebody was like, oh, I think I'm going to do sober October. Yeah. And I was like. All right, man. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This person's birthday's in October. Right. Yeah, My right. birthday's in October. Right, right, right. Right? And right. I know that we're going to hang out and do these things. Sure. And all of a sudden, and, and you know, and he's a, he's a drinker. Like, you know, party. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. drink beer, hang yeah. out, softball, that kind of stuff. And I was like, all right, man. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, October? Yeah. How about uh, November? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it doesn't rhyme, but... That's the problem. They need to pick something else that rhymes with, I don't know what month, because nothing rhymes with sober other than October. It's easy, bro. I got you. Yeah, October's over. Let's get sober. Okay. I like it. You can really do any month. Yeah. It could be anything. Yeah. I like that. Because you're absolutely right. October is like, and, and I guess I get the thinking behind that. It's like, okay, it's October before November and December, before the Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's comes. Let's sober up. Let's let's cleanse our palate, cleanse our bodies, detox, whatever you want to call it. So I kind of get what they're thinking. But yeah, for people like you and I that have everything happen in September and October, forget about it. It's fucking impossible. Like I know Joe Rogan does that shit. He's doing it right now, the sober October, and he, him and a bunch of his comedian friends do it, and they do it because they know to ho- specifically for the fact that the holidays are coming. But like, if you got anniversaries and birthdays like we do. It's fucking impossible. Forget it. Forget it. Like I, 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 uh, I don't even want to think about dieting anymore now. Until I hate to say that. Like it doesn't mean I got to gorge myself and, and completely lose control. But you know, I'm gonna enjoy myself, and I, I don't want to be. You know what I'm saying? When I'm on vacation, I don't want to constantly be thinking like, "Oh, should I eat that? Ooh, if I, if I." have this then that's gonna put me over my calorie count and i'm gonna have to get into the gym at the hotel i don't want to be doing that nor should you sir no and that's the thing i just want to enjoy myself and when i come home i'll have to pay the piper 100 percent sure 
I don't, that's a weird saying, isn't it? Pay the piper. Like, <laughs> I, I, like why, why am I paying a piper? Like, I don't right. understand. Like, what song is he playing that, that I'm paying him for? But anyway, I'm going to have to pay my dues and put in work and get back to it. And one of the hardest things about this age now, 48, to take it back to the birthday is, man, easy to, you and I have said it, man, so easy to get out of shape. As you get older, it's harder and harder to get back into it. I took it upon myself to start working out again. And with this extra weight I've put on and these extra years, I got into the garage every morning for about a week and a half and I tweaked my knee and I did something to my knee. I don't know what felt great for about the first week and a half and then came home, had nothing to do with the workout. I came home, uh, gave my dog a bath, got down on my hands and knees and was scrubbing the dog down, drying the dog. And after he was done, I jumped up to grab the brush to brush him. And when I jumped up from being down on my knees and, and, and giving him a bath, I jumped up and did some weird movement where I tweaked my knee and I have not worked out for a week now. And that's, I think the worst thing about getting older is it's already hard enough to take the weight off um, and keep it off. But your body just does not bounce back, is not responsive like it used to be, man. <clears throat> Sucks, really does. I'm with you, brother. I am uh, have been fighting through injuries for now a year. It happened yeah. last October when I tweaked my knee, and it hasn't just gotten right. And I've seen doctors and been a bunch of stuff, and yeah, you know, I lose weight. Yeah, right. And, and, it, and it'll be a lot better. Yeah, you're old. It's not going to be the same anyway. Just lose weight; it'll be better. Yeah, well, it's hard to lose weight because I can't use my knee. Right. I need to. Yeah, be but able if to you move. lose weight, then yeah, I understand. Yeah, what you're saying, ma'am, but. So basically what they're telling you is they want you to starve yourself mm -hmm. to get that weight off. I guess starve yourself isn't a risk. But you're going to have to really focus on the calorie side of things and the nutrition side of things until you can get enough weight off to where you feel comfortable to work that knee again, I guess is basically what they're saying. But fuck, that's hard, man, because when you use diet and exercise hand in hand, it's an amazing tool and the weight does seem to come off faster and you've got a little bit more wiggle room. That's the thing. So if I have, if I'm allowing myself 2000 calories a day, but I've done a five or 600 calorie workout. Well, if I go over 2100 or 2200, you know, I'm, I'm okay still. It's not perfect, but it's okay. Whereas if you're not exercising, if all you're doing is walking mercy or, or me walking my dog, which is all I'm doing right now is just walking the dog. I can't do much more. Um, yeah, I've got to stick to that 2,000 calories. I, I can't, there's no wiggle room there. Like you've got to, and really, if you want to lose weight without exercising, you can't just hit that. You got to be at like 17 or 1,800. And it's got to be like fruits and vegetables and lean meats. And and uh, which I see, you you send me a lot of pictures of what you cook for yourself in the evenings. You're good, at, you're good about that. Haven't done it lately. No, I understand. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult, man. But that's the problem, man, is... is just doing it on diet alone it's possible you can lose weight they tell you 70 to 80 percent of it's nutrition based anyway and it's all about what you eat but uh it's hard man because exercise is just such a handy tool to like speed up the process i guess is the mm -hmm, best way mm -hmm. i could think to put it if you want to see results uh you know and also when you lose weight without exercise you don't get that tone you don't get that definition so when you look in the mirror you might look smaller i can remember when all i was doing was jogging and i lost a lot of weight but i can remember looking at photos of myself thinking ah 
fuck, I still look sloppy. You know, I felt like I looked sloppy still. Like, even though I was much thinner, I didn't f still really like the way I looked until I started incorporating weights and hit workouts and calisthenics and really then I could start see that tone and that definition and getting a little more cut. You know, obviously I'd never look like the rock, but I liked a lot more the way I looked than when, when I was just doing straight cardio. When I was running four to six miles a day uh, and I lost a shit, you'll lose weight. I lost a shit ton of weight. But uh, I can remember looking back at photos going, I look loose still. I don't look tight. I don't look toned up at all. And, and it wasn't until I hired a trainer and started going to the gym that all of a sudden I, I started getting the results I wanted. But uh, it's hard, man. It's just hard. The older you get, the harder it gets. And fuck, eating is just fun. Yeah, it's great. Uh, that's why we do it, because it's fucking fantastic. If, yeah. if, if eating was trash, then we would be fine. Yeah, oh yeah. I wish uh, vegetables tasted like pizza and pizza tasted like shit. You know what I mean? Like, I, I life would be so much easier. Why is pizza so amazing and burgers so amazing and lasagna so amazing? But I could live without zucchini. I really could. I don't need zucchini. I don't need carrots. I don't, you know, I, I try to eat them. String beans and broccoli and cauliflower, all that stuff that's so good for you. You gotta put cheese and butter all over it. It's cone, you know. It needs it needs butter and salt and stuff to make it taste incredible, man. And it's it's hard, man. And I, it's a I'm, it'll it'll forever be a struggle and a work in progress. That's well, it. sir, you're not wrong. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, today's and, and the then day. we need to change the subject because you're, yes. you're starting to make me hungry for lunch. I did. Well, just eat, did you finish your apple fritter? Of course I did. It okay. was delicious. It was delightful. It the was world's best. Frittery. Mm -hmm. Those RV club people know what they're talking about. Yes, they certainly do. USA RVers of America. Uh, so as we talked about your birthday, we're going to talk about what you want to talk about. Yes. So you, you, you developed a thing. But before we get there, I do yes. want to... I do want to drop a little knowledge on our listeners, if please, you don't mind. Please, uh, Origin uh -huh. of Pay the Piper. Oh, I love it. Let's go. This expression originated in, uh, do you know the origin? I, I do not. No, yeah, that's why I asked. It's, it's, you're going to be like, wow. Okay, I love the, it. This expression or, originated in, around the 1680s. Many sources suggest that it comes from a story, uh, the Pied Piper of Hamlin, uh, the story of the Pied Piper takes place around the 1200s. The town Hamlin had a rat infestation. Ah. A man in colorful clothes offered to get rid of all the rats for a fee. The town agreed, and the man paid a pipe to get all his rats to leave the town and drown themselves in a nearby river. Okay. When the Piper came to collect payment, the townspeople told him they, they, he, that they would not pay. Wow. The rats were already gone, so they had no reason to make good on their debt. Okay. As revenge... The Pied Piper played his pipe to get all the children of the town to follow him away. And it's unclear what happened to the children after that. Ooh, dark. That went darker than I thought, right? Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't made a horror movie about that. <laughs> Although the rat portion of this story is fiction, historical records do show that this town lost its children at that time and the exact cause is unknown. Oh, that's one hell of a way to pay the Piper, man. Wait, Timmy? 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 Hey. Well, not only are the rats gone... But Timmy's gone too. I don't think it More cheese for us. Yeah, I guess so. Oh, that's insane. Well, you know what's funny about that is uh You didn't think I was gonna get that dark? I didn't well no, I didn't. It's I think it's Shrek too. At at one point they, they hire the Pied Piper for something. And do you remember the Beastie Boys song? I think it's Sure Shot. Mm -hmm. 
with a Pied Piper. They hired a Pied Piper, and I forget exactly why. It's either Shrek 2 or Shrek 3, where the villain hires the Pied Piper to come in and lure somebody away. But he's, he gets his flute out, and he starts going... He's playing this really fan, and then he starts going... Playing the Beastie Boys riff, and everybody starts dancing and getting down. Sorry, a little tangent there. I love. All right. I've been listening to the Beastie Boys a lot lately, but uh, yeah, man, that's interesting. That it, that would make a really killer horror movie. Town infested with rats, right? Getting overrun, people getting sick, people being eaten up, dying. Here comes this drifter from out of town who has a way to get rid of them, and then they don't pay him, and he gets revenge by stealing their children. Like that's a horror flick, dude. Hey, man, I got rid of all your rats. <laughs> now it's time to pay the piper, man. Come on. <laughs> you think it should be Matthew McConaughey? You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you had the rats, and I was like, <laughs> they're gone. <laughs> so where's my money? Oh, you don't want to pay me my money? All right. <laughs> well, let that's me right. tell you this. Yeah. Say goodbye to young little Timmy. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's gone. I'm like, <laughs> and they're gone. It's hard to, I don't know if he's scared. He's so smooth. Like, that. it's comforting. Even when he's telling you he's going to steal your children, there's very something very. What about Pacino? Oh, yeah. <laughs> what if he was going to steal your kids? You told me. Yeah, that's the one. To come get the rats. Yeah, that's right. So I came and got the rats. And now you're not going to pay me. That's right. For my rat expertise. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Al, I told him, man. Yeah, that's right. That's right. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, we got rid of the rats. Where's the money? That's right. We're not going to pay you. I was like, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> then you get what you get for. Tell him, Maddie. That's right. I could totally see Pacino just getting Al Pacino me. and Matthew McConaughey star. <laughs> it pay the pipers. Pie, the Pied Piper returns. <laughs> Featuring Hank Hill. I'm not paying you for your goddamn rat fee. <laughs> this summer, prepare to pay the piper. Yeah, dude, that's hilarious. Hey, let's call the piper. <laughs> you got a rat problem? Well, I'm all up in it. <laughs> Somebody make a phone call about some rats. That's right. That's... We don't have rats in Texas. Ooh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, good call. <laughs> Holy Lord. Anyway, pay what the a, piper. What a weird tangent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you created a little bit of a... I did. A little bit of a thing that you'd like to... Uh, yeah, you know, it's been, a, it's been a while since we've done a list. I mean, I know we do our end of the year list, our favorite movies, favorite music. Uh, but, uh, you know, when we started this show, it was a hip-hop-based show that has turned into so much more now as it expands and grows. Um, so you were like, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I said, you know what I want to do? My favorite top five favorite producers and some of my favorite songs of theirs. And then I sat down and started to work on that and realized, ah, dude, I can't do five. I got to do 10. So I did top 10. And what I did was I did my top 10 producers and I put together a playlist so that I could play songs from, from them and just kind of explain why. Cause what I did was I didn't just pick, I think in hip hop, when people think producer, they just think somebody makes a beat, hands it to the rapper, and they go put in their work and create a song. Well, no, a producer doesn't always necessarily have to make the beat. They're there to make sure the song sounds correctly, that the vocals are laid right, that the levels are in check, 
and they craft and put the song together as well. It's so much more than just making a beat. So I tried to pick not just producers that I love, but producers that I felt overall did that. Not only do they craft the beat, but they put together the song and mold the artist as well. Uh, and, and that had some kind of impact on the culture. Like their, their style, their sound created a movement, created like a ripple or a wave through the culture that changed the game. And so the, these are the, the 10 producers I picked. So I, do you have the the cord? Then I'll... Do I have the cord? The cord so I can plug my phone in and pull... Oh, I'm, I'm away from my mic. The cord so I can plug my phone in here and pull up my list. So let me start like... Uh, okay, is this lightning adapter connecting a pair of headphones? So, so we want to go other device, I'm assuming. Uh-huh. Other device. Okay. Now let me make sure. Let me pull up my playlist here. Library playlists. Hopefully it works. We're gonna find out. Because in theory, you know, we probably should have checked that before. Yeah, that probably would have been. <laughs> so uh let's start with number 10 and then and, and we'll see what happens. Uh number 10 on my list of my favorite producers of all time. Uh this was very difficult to do, but number 10, I have Teddy Riley. Teddy Riley uh, created the sound called the New Jack Swing. Up until Teddy Riley, hip-hop and R&B were separate. Uh, and what Teddy Riley did is he took R&B rhythms, mm-hmm. but he incorporated hip-hop beats, that the break beats, the 808 beats. Nobody was doing that yet. And he created a sound called the New Jack Swing, which was huge. And uh, one of the more famous songs would be this one right here. Now, oh, let me, volume? I don't know. Do I need to unsilence my phone, do you think? I don't no, know. You okay. Should, I don't get volume. So uh, here we go. Here, here's one that you guys, I think, will all recognize. I'm to turn it up a little bit. Teddy Riley right here. Uh, Bobby Brown. This is the New Jack sound. This is that New Jack swing don't sound. Don't make me sing. Oh, dude, feel don't free, man. It's my birthday. Sing. Everybody's talking all this stuff about me. Why don't they just let me live? Tell me why. So that's Teddy Riley right there. I mean, it's... So, and here's another one you may remember from Teddy. Tell me any club in America that won't turn up anytime this song comes up. This is a a track right here where I have to... uh, this is how I, I gauge who I'm trying to uh, to approach romantically. Okay. If I tell a girl all I want to do is zoom zoom and a boom boom, <laughs> and she doesn't know. Next. You ain't for me. Yeah. Okay. Check, baby. Check, baby. One, two. Teddy Riley. Okay. But now, probably his the feather in his cap. He did. He worked with Michael Jackson. I mean, you don't get any. This tells you how influential Teddy was when you get the call from Michael Jackson. I mean, come on, man. Like it, it, it. And then, of course. Oh, sorry. But you know what? And then this is probably what most people will remember Teddy Riley for. No no When you make a beat that's so dope, Dr. Dre wants to get on it, and he had nothing to do with it. I mean, that right there tells you. It's going down, 
Dr. Dre, because Blackstreet was signed to Interscope. Jimmy Iovine didn't believe this song was going to be a hit single, so he said, hold on, I know somebody that'll tell me. Dre, come here. They played it, and Dre said, I want to be in the video. <laughs> this is a smash. And Teddy said, I'll do you one better. I want you on the song. Done. Like, that's how dope Dre knew immediately. So, all right, that's number 10. That's uh, that's Teddy Riley. Number nine, Pharrell and the Neptunes. I mean, Pharrell just came in and created the sound. The Neptune sound is so uh, just iconic. And and he's done songs that I people probably don't realize he did. Like, I think so. All right. Ludicrous. Is he dropping bows? He's throwing them bows, oh, okay. baby. With them bows. Uh, Cadillac grills, Cadillac mills. Check out the oil my Cadillac spills. Matter of fact, candy. So, yeah, Cadillac great. That's the song that kind of launched Ludacris's career. That's what got it started. And how about this one? The mystical. Ass. Yes. Show me what you're working with. Shake your ass. so good dude his sound is simple it's like very heavy drums with just like light little keys in the background it's not like overly complicated but it's simple and genius all right how about this one here are just the simple drums there's nothing overly complicated about it but it's brilliant mm-hmm. little piano because it's odb you got to Whoops, excuse me. That's all right. <laughs> yeah. Let it out. It's your birthday. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. And then I probably, I don't know if this is what he's most famous for, but he gave Snoop Dogg his very first and only number one single. And that's crazy as long as Snoop's been in the game. And the fact that he works with Dr. Dre, that this is his first and only number one single. But listen, again, it's all drums. And him going with his tongue in the background and then some light keys. So simple, but it's it's brilliant. When the pimp's in the crib, ma. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. When the pigs try to get at you. Park it like it's hot. Park it like it's hot. All right, next. That was nine, right? So we're on number eight now. Number eight, uh, Kanye West. Now, I pretty could have much picked um, any. So, hold on, let me stop this. Oh, wait, that's not going to stop it. So, I pretty much could have picked any song in Kanye's discography because the dude's got a shit ton of hits from you name it uh, Slow Jams to All Falls Down to Gold Digger to Stronger. But I wanted to pick the songs that he actually did for other people instead of just picking the one. So a lot of people don't know this was a Kanye West beat. Stand up. Stand up. When I move, you move. The second appearance of Ludacris in my producer list. So good. 
like that. The line on here when he says his chain's so big, it's like he's got a midget hanging from his necklace. Always got me, man. I just love that shit. How you ain't gonna fuck? Bitch, I'm me. I'm the goddamn reason you in VIP. Yeah, I mean, come on. So you go from a club banger like that, but then the thing about Kanye West is he'll go to backpack rap. This is probably one of my favorite rap songs of all time. If I did a 100 best rap songs ever, this would be in the list somewhere. Get By by Talib Kweli. So good, man. I, I love this song. Also, he's worked with The Game, one of my favorite beats ever. And one of my favorite songs by the game called Dreams. I think people forget because Kanye's insane. I get it. Like he's a nut job. Like he's lost his mind completely. He needs mental help. But he is a fucking genius when he's behind the boards. Like if he would just do this, I... I, I'd love it if he'd get back to this. That Dre dropped 2001. Or how about this? A little Scarface. Guess who's Bissack? Scarface, off one of my favorite Scarface albums. The song's called Guess Who's Back, featuring Beanie Siegel and Jay-Z. Beat by, uh, beat by Kanye, man. Genius. There he is, Kanye West on the track. All right, so next, that was All right, that's a deal. Hold up. Wait a minute. Oh, fuck Jay-Z. Okay, I was waiting for you to do that. All right, so next we're going into uh, Rick Rubin. So I think now we're at seven. Rick Rubin, uh, the reason why he's so important is he was one of the co-founders with Russell Simmons of Def Jam Records. Uh, and he changed the way at, up until that point in the late 70s, early 80s, hip hop was just people replaying R&B grooves uh, and rappers rapping over them. He was the first one to say, nah, let's strip it down. Let's make it raw. Like in the clubs, which is the break beats. Uh, I mean, he, he, like I said, he co-founded Def Jam, one of the most important record labels of all time. And I mean, and he gave us songs like this. I mean, come on, man. Just simple, stripped down, and raw. He, I mean, he produced the first Beastie Boys album, like the whole album. But also, probably ushered in one of the most important songs ever in hip hop history, right here. Showed people that hip hop could be so much more than what we ever thought it was. Not only did this open up new doors for Run DMC, but also put Aerosmith back on the map. Their career was dying. Up until this track, this rejuvenated them and gave them a whole new fan base. Mm-hmm. If I had to pick one of the most important songs in hip-hop history, I would put this on the list. So important, man. Like, I don't think people realize, like, what this song did. Like... There's no Rage Against the Machine. There's no 311. There's no, I mean, forget about it. Like, this opened the doors. 
worked with just the drum beats and that scratching is a heavy metal guitar like a rock guitar so instead of like he's just doing that taking it and scratching on it and making it hit like a drum pattern like so genius and then if you want to get more current Again. You having girl problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 mm. problems, but a bitch ain't one. I got the rap patrol on the cat patrol. Foes that want to make sure my cast is closed. Rap critics saves money. I know, fuck Jay-Z. But there he is. That's the second time he came up on the list. So that was number seven, Rick Rubin. Number six, and I don't feel like that this guy gets talked about enough because most of his production has been with one group. DJ Muggs, the Soul Assassins the DJ and producer for Cypress Hill. Mm -hmm. He crafted and created a sound that was all his own. No one sounds like Cypress Hill. And, uh, I mean... Who you trying to get crazy with this scene? Don't you know I'm local? This is immediate. You just know. Nobody else in hip-hop sounds like this. And a big part of that was Muggs. He created... And he created an identity for Cypress Hill. Ham mm. in the frying pan. Damn. And nobody sounds like these guys either, like Be Real, Send Dog. Oh, and then, does it get much more iconic? I mean, come on. 30 years old. This beat drops today. It's every bit as crazy as it was 30 years ago. I have had more likes. The most liked post I've ever posted in my entire life was just a clip of this record playing and saying this song's 30 years old. I'm up to 600 likes and like 40 comments. People love this shit. He may have crafted one of the most loved songs ever in hip hop. Like, oh, and let's not forget he also worked with Ice Cube. Underrated producer for sure. Oh, dude, that he's not ever mentioned. When they talk about great producers, he doesn't get mentioned. This this version of Check Yourself, I like way better than the remix. I mean, the remix is fine, but it's not this. And then, you know. How could I just kill a man? I mean, it... it it's every, like the first seven Cypress Hill albums, dude, it, there isn't a bad beat, like... Yeah, it's super underrated. Just love him to death. Like I, the album he did with uh, Yellow Wolf. Like it's not my favorite Yellow Wolf album, but I love some of the beats. There's some good shit on there. All right, so next I'm top go, five. We're in the five now. Uh, next is uh, Timbaland, another one that I don't feel like gets talked about enough. Like I think he's every bit as important as Dr. Dre or DJ Premier. I know he gets his credit, but. Uh, and here you go. I'm sorry, dude. But once again, Jay-Z's going to come in the list because you just can't deny this beat, dude. You put this on anywhere, any given time, and people will go absolutely ape shit. Like, I don't care where you're at. Timbaland has a lot of songs like that that are just loved like that. Pretty much his entire catalog with Missy Elliott, like her first five albums. I could have put any Missy Elliott song on this list 
and it would have gone hard. Like they, they're huge. How about this? Tell me the wedding reception doesn't go off the hinges when this song comes up, right? Mm-hmm. I don't care how you feel about Justin Timberlake. You put this song on at a karaoke bar, a club, a wedding, a bar mitzvah, and the crowd is going to go absolutely bananas. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't put any Missy on here. I love Missy because I just couldn't choose. There's just so many Missy Elliott songs that I was like, I, I don't know what. I was like having a hard time with it. Like, yeah, she's just so good. But I mean, this right here is is insane, dude. I love it. So, OK, so I lost my place here. Uh, oh, come on. Uh-uh. Timbo, man. Nuts. Little Bubba Sparks. Uh, I think I've heard of him. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Taking it back to the South. And when you think South, would you think a beat like this? I wasn't born to rhyme. Rhyming chose me. So I hit the track running like a nosebleed. Yep. But it's much improved. Mm, that sucks, sucks for you. you. Yeah. This is Bubba's moment. I put my mama on it. Yep. I got to love a donut. And my shit's grumpies. Yeah, I call my girlfriend's Betty's and my, my shit's, shit's grumpies. You know what I mean? And here, here's here's one, Missy. I couldn't choose, but here's one. Just to, I can't leave her off. I mean, Timbo is just different. He hits different. It's very futuristic sounding. Like he comes like from another planet. But that's five. I mean, he's the man. Yeah, man. It's 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 t- it was tough to choose to pick songs when you got a catalog like these guys have. So next, I went to um, Pete Rock. Uh, other than DJ Premier, I feel like Pete Rock is right there as far as the East Coast. Um, I mean. Little they reminisce over you, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Yeah. Little tribe call quest. To your foes and your friends, so push it along. Trails we play. Very jazzy, very soulful, very understated, but I love his the sound. I feel like you wouldn't have a Jay Dilla without a Pete Rock. It's yours. Such an absolute classic. One of the greatest rap songs of all time from one of the greatest rap albums of all time. Like, doesn't get much better. Gotta let Nas come in. The way he kicks the verse off is so crazy on this track. Watching Gandhi till I'm charged and writing in my book of rhymes, all the words past the margin. The whole of Mike, I'm throbbing. Mechanical movement, understandable smooth shit. And then I don't think this is a rapper I felt like never got enough credit that I love. I love this album. Little Heavy D got me waiting. Him and Pete Rock were really tight. Hey, yo. Yeah. I really, really wanna know. He made a hip to be a fat man, dude. Like he's sexy. Dude. Like it, it, he's so good. 
that when he raps, you be ignoring me. Because your girl told me. Because your girl showed me. Stay out of your way, figure in. I won't be ignorant and catch you the next day. Only roll with a chosen few. So that's five, right? No, you're four. I meant that was four. Okay, yeah, you're right. All right, so number three, DJ Quick. I mean, plays every instrument. He's a DJ. He plays. So I good. thought I had your top three down. Okay. So so far, I didn't know what order. Yeah. But I, I'm I'm in the. You're you're in the you're in yep, the ballpark. Yep. I, this was one of your top threes. So yeah, and, and I, I don't know if I said this when I started off, but these are my top ten minus Premier and D, and Dr. Dre. No DJ Premier, no Dr. Dre, because those guys. I feel like I, okay. So my top three might be wrong because I thought you said no Dre. Yeah, no Dre. I didn't know you said Premier. Yeah, no Premier because I feel like the West Coast is Dre, the East Coast is Premier for me. So I just wanted to level the playing field and leave them out. So next is DJ Quick. I mean, DJ Quick is just a genius. Like he plays every instrument. Uh, there's a lot of live instrumentation going on. Uh, it's very smooth, very soulful, but still very Compton, still very hardcore. With and, and I think a track like this, you played this the other day. I mean, come on. And there's not enough scratching in hip hop anymore. And I love the fact that in his stuff, he still utilizes the, the turntables. But you can hear the guitars, you can hear the live bass, you can hear the keys. But now it's just an old meat thing. Dollars and Cents, one of the greatest diss tracks of all time. My top three. Um, are not more about producing for other people. They did most of their work in-house for themselves or for their crew. So it isn't as much about hits with these guys. Like DJ Quick really tonight was his only massive, massive hit mm -hmm. for himself. But I mean, this is just genius. I don't care. It doesn't have to get radio play to change the culture. Like, and he, he had a huge impact on on West Coast culture and just production in general. There are a lot of people that will tell you Quick is better than Dr. Dre. There's a lot of people. Quest Love from the Roots is one. He goes, You're my Dr. Dre, dude. I, I'm sorry. I give it to you. Like, I mean, come on, man. It's so good. Now, I own is just like Compton. <laughs> well, not yet. But, you know, after I moved in, we went a notch up. But, you know, I'm just saying that as hardcore as I am, I mean, of course, here's the hit. Here we go. And it's great. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I could have picked any track from any DJ Quick album. Even as lesser known the albums that nobody's heard. The beats are all phenomenal. Like there isn't, even if I don't like the vocals, there really isn't a bad DJ Quick beat. Like he's just, he's he's so good. So that was number, that was three then, right? That's Top two. Number two. Uh, number two. Warren G. Hmm. Uh, he is responsible for ushering in and creating a movement that shines so much light on the West Coast. He is the architect of the G-Funk sound. Most people will give that credit to Dr. Dre, but he crafted the sound, shaped the sound, and then brought it to Dre, and Dre took it and ran with it. Like, people don't give him. He brings Snoop Dogg. He was in the group 213. They were 213 before Dre. When Dre was trying to figure out what to do, Warren G said, Meet my homie Snoop. 
listen to this, listen to this, here's what you need to do. There's a whole documentary called G-Funk that tells you how Warren G was the architect and the creator of the sound, like one of them. There's a lot of people involved, but he's very important to the movement. It might not happen without him. A lot of the beats on the chronic, he was working on and producing. Dre, that's what Dre does is Dre finds young, hot producers, has them help, and then he takes their beats and molds them and puts them together better. But Warren is responsible for a, a lot of the music on the chronic, the first doggy style, and then of course, his solo work. I love it, it's soft, it's smooth. What Warren did was he showed you like, it could be a soft, pretty beat, but still be aggressive and gangster without sounding aggressive and gangster. Like, I mean, of course, this. Regulators. Mm-hmm. So smooth. But this is the most gangster story ever. He gets, he's shooting dice, he's getting robbed, he's just about to get taken out. And here comes Nate, pulls out his gun and starts firing off shots to clear out the block. But you'd never know. It's the prettiest song ever, dude. <laughs> He's about to die. <laughs> they robbed him. Yeah. He's, they took my rings. They took my Rolex. I looked at the brothers. What's next? They're going to take him out. Till Nate comes in. Mm-hmm. I best pull out my strap and lay some busters down. They got guns to my head. I think I'm going down. I can't believe it's happening in my hometown. If I had wings, I would fly. Let me contemplate. I glance in the cut and I see my home. I mean. Yes, we were just talking about this track the other day. And Warren's drums are really soft. I don't know if you've ever noticed, like the last song, it was the same way. Like his drums don't come in like They're soft. Even the kick drum and like the 808, when the beats drop, we gotta go, we gotta go. He has a very soft drum pattern. But it matches Nate's smooth flow and his laid back vocal. So that's number two. And I just got to tell you right now. Yeah. I have no idea what one is. Ooh, well, I think once you do hear it, you're going to be. My number one is a man that pretty much single handedly, I feel like, ran hip hop for five years, created a movement that will live on forever, well beyond his lifetime, with a logo, with an attitude, with an idea um, that just, I think, changed the face of music. And uh, it's RZA, number one. I mean, from the first solo Wu-Tang album through the first round of solo records from the artists to the second, the Wu-Tang Forever album, he did it all. Not only did he create the Wu-Tang Clan, put the idea together, craft this idea, like he produced it. There isn't a bad beat. Again, you may not like every single song, but you're hard pressed to say a beat was terrible on any of the, from the Enter the 36 Chambers to the first five or six solo records to the Wu-Tang Forever album. I mean, it's very distinct, it's very different, it's gutter, it's East Coast, it's raw. I think we talked about it when we talked about the Wu before. I feel like I see the subway and I see the train and I see the the burrows and the, the you know, I see the Statue of Liberty. It's so New York. 
summertime, fine jury dripping. See you a pickings with a bunch of chickens, how you clicking? I kept shooting strong. I came to bring the pain, hardcore from the brain. Let's go inside my astral brain. Find out my mental, based on instrumental. I mean, I could have picked 30 songs. I, I just... It's, it's ridiculous. And the way he crafted... Every artist, like, he's not going to give this beat to Method Man. This is, a, this is an old, dirty bastard beat. Like, he crafted beats that fit each individual character of the Wu-Tang Clan, each artist. Mm. Brother, go crazy! I mean... I don't, I don't even have any solo tracks from like Ghostface or The Genius on here or Inspector Dex first out. I, I, I could have gone. It's just insane, dude. So yeah, the RZA is my number one, um, and I would be hard pressed if I had DJ Premier. I don't know where he would fall with DJ Premier. It's really close. I would say that Premier has been more uh, consistent in the last, like once he got through that first wave of music, the RZA kind of laid back and stopped. He produced a track here and there. But he didn't produce whole albums anymore. But what he achieved, you know, in that, I think it was five years, like from when when did uh, Enter the 36 come out? 94, I think it was. 94, 93. Yeah. And then, then you had Method Man, Old Dirty Bastard, Ghostface Killer, Raekwon, and The Genius. Those, those solo records were all fucking classics. And then Wu-Tang Forever, which is a double album and a classic in its own right and it's why i had to put him because he didn't just create music he created like a lifestyle like the wu-tang clan is like a a family that i feel like everybody in the world feels like they're a part of if you rock that shirt with that yellow w logo i feel like you feel like you're a member of a club like mm -hmm. i'm in this club like i'm in the clan i'm a member i roll with this movement it isn't just music it's like a way of life like that W symbol, like I said, when the Riz is dead, there'll still be people rocking that shirt, like forever, forever. Like, it, it's 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 uh, special when you can create something like that that touches people. So that was my top ten producers. Uh, I left out some good ones. It was tough. It really was tough. That's why I eliminated Dre and Premier because I wanted to be able to fit more people in, and it's why I went from a five to a ten because I just was like, oh my god. There was the Bomb Squad who did Ice Cube's first album and did all the Public Enemy stuff. Uh, I left them out. They are absolutely incredible. Um, the Alchemist, who I absolutely love. Uh, I mentioned Jay Dilla earlier. Oh my God, he's incredible. Um, the Dungeon Family, the people that did all the music for the Outcast albums. I mean, so such good, good shit there, man. Uh, obviously, this is your birthday. Yes. It's your birthday list. Yeah. So you're going to do your thing. Uh, but I will tell you this. There was a, 
There was uh, two noticeable uh, that I was surprised uh, that would definitely probably be on my list. Okay. Uh, one of which you just uh, called, which was Jay Dilla. Yeah, so good. Uh, and the other one that you left off, which I think, oh, you know, he basically held down, you know, uh, an area of music <coughs> for, you know, the better part of a decade uh, and the, um, the movement that, that we kind of grew up on. Um, and that's uh, Ant Banks. Yeah, yeah, I thought about him too. It, that it was tough, man. It was tough to do ten. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Ant Banks was that Dangerous Crew sound that he crafted with Too Short while he was under that banner. Uh, I would say Cocktails. You go for me at least. You go the Too Short. I mean, it's very similar to just like what you just said about DJ Quick. Yeah. You could take anybody from that Dangerous Crew era, anybody that, right? Like, you, you take the Goldie album. Yeah. Is just the, the beats, the yeah, production. It's ridiculous. Insane. Agreed. Agreed. Right? Like, and, and, and the thing is, and this is to me is like a producer, is uh, the second you hear it, you go, is that Premiere? Right. That's got to be yeah, Premiere. Yeah, absolutely. That's, this is a Dre beat, or this yeah. is quick. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, there was how many times have we been listening to something go, like, Ren? Yeah, oh, yeah. Is that a. Bank speed? Is he working with, you know what I mean? You know immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Signature sound, they call yeah. that. And absolutely, you're absolutely right, man. And it's he's he's amazing. I would say, I was going to say, the song Cocktails uh-huh. uh, is one of my favorite beats of all time. If I had to, you could, I think I said it before on the show, that bass line is so smooth and so funky. It's one of those beats you could just crawl up inside of and, and, and just... It's just so nurturing and satisfying and beautiful on so many different levels. I, I never get tired of it. But and cocktails is not one of my favorite two short albums. But that being said, there isn't a bad beat on there. Like the the entire album, the moment the Banks brought in the live instrumentation and started working with Pee Wee and Shorty B with the keys and the drums and the bass. Sample the Funk is an incredible song, but pretty much for anything from Get In Where You Fit In to, no, it even goes back before that. Shorty the Pimp, Get In Where You Fit In, Cocktails, album number 10. Let me drop a, let me drop a, a bank speed on you that yeah, I yeah. just freaking love. Do it. Let's hear it. Yes. Oh, and all his solo stuff. Yeah, this is off of that bank side. Yeah, yeah, all his, all his solo records. Though. Yeah, we got my nigga. I get that loop. Yes, you better. Bitch, I ain't broke now. Nope. So anyway, uh, that, that obviously, that yeah. your, your list is fantastic. Yeah. Oh, I, like I said, I left a lot of people off. It was really difficult. I went through it really quickly. Uh, and was like, oh yeah, that wasn't so bad. I hit you back up, I'm like got it. And then I went, and then I've so, and the one of the reasons I went that quickly is because I knew I'd start second guessing myself. So I'm like, got it, locked it in. And then I went, oh shit, what about him? And what about them? And I went, nope, Bill, you did it. You locked it in. Those were the first people that jumped into your mind. Just leave it, let it go. That's it. Like, cause I could have fucked with it for a week. You know, like, and, and and kept going on it. But, yeah, man, top 10 producers that I feel like I loved but also impacted the culture and changed the game. But, obviously, in an art form that's 50 years old now, like hip-hop, there's going to be so many more. And Ant Banks is definitely one of them. 
uh, so incredible. I wish he would do more. I miss him. Uh, uh, another one would be from the Bay Area would be EA Ski, mm-hmm. who they called the Dre of the Bay at one point. Like you know, he's he's incredible as well. There's a there's so many amazing producers out there doing big things that uh, big thanks, big thanks, baby. It was tough. It was tough, but that was fun, man. I miss. Uh, it's been a while since we've had a music heavy episode, so I, I love that shit, man. And that was amazing to me. Like that, I was looking forward to that, and that was fun. And I couldn't imagine spending my birthday episode any other way. You know, that's that was beautiful, baby. Like, I guess I could have done a top twenty. That might have absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it would it wouldn't have been hard. I could have. Yeah, this is good too. Yep. Well, Bill, happy birthday. Thank you, sir. Uh, I I love that you got a little freedom to do a little something that you liked on your birthday. Yes, sir. And I can tell you this. Uh For my birthday episode, it won't be music related. Okay. So, you know what I mean? I'm glad that we were able to, uh, you know order up a little different stuff you know what i yes, mean yes 100 percent. dial absolutely. up a little different stuff for the uh for the listeners yes because we love them uh, we sure do absolutely yeah. well i hope that you had a great birthday i did and that you enjoyed your time today i did and uh do me a favor in your very special birthday way take us out of here in the immortal words of my man george clinton anything good is nasty but it is not good unless you play with it so go out there and have some so go out there and have some fun my people and until the next time we will see you in the 209 four plus years i don't think you've ever messed that I think up maybe one other time it's very rare very rare yeah all right y'all see you peace we ain't having the game is all we spit keep on you can't make it hard. Can't tell a motherfucker how to play this part.